If Buildings Could Talk is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. If buildings could talk, what would they say? What does the building stand for, literally and figuratively? Hear the stories behind our buildings and how the design of these places positively impacts the lives of individuals and the success of our city. Welcome to If Buildings Could Talk, hosted by John Commison and Kelly Thompson. If you had to parachute into a town and you were given five minutes to decide whether you wanted to live there, what would you do to decide whether that community was livable? First thing I would do is I would walk down their main street to see how vibrant the main street was. Second thing I would do, I'd go to the YMCA. In this episode, we'll hear how several high school buddies who once played football together united for a different kind of touchdown, a touchdown that would spur growth and transform the city of Gastonia. We'll share how the Warlick family YMCA started as a strategic vision and scored big with its creation of renewed hope and fellowship for the entire community. I think if the Warlick YMCA could talk, it would say, you now can do. And so get up and let's get going, Gaston. If this building could talk, I think it would say, Linger, stay longer stay with us, make relationships, connect with others in our community in this amazing experience of the building. Hey everybody, I'm John Commison. And I'm Kelly Thompson. And we're your hosts for If Buildings Could Talk. Today's story is about the Warlick family, YMCA, and Gastonia, but it really is about a much larger notion of community and how this building has played a part in uplifting the community of Gastonia, which is located just minutes west of Charlotte, and how it helped to move it forward in a positive manner. Kelly, can you tell us a little bit about the Warlick Y? Sure. You know, in fact, John, I've been fortunate enough to visit the Y. I went probably about a year after it opened. It opened about uh, three years ago. And while it is this really urban facility, the Y is surrounded by a spectacular piece of property that really wraps itself around Robinwood Lake. And so you have these amazing amenities inside the building. You've got pools and indoor track, you know, workout areas and and yoga rooms and this amazing even daycare area for kids. But the outside has just as much to offer with walking trails and canoeing and a camping area. And so it really is a fantastic building. And I'm excited to hear more about the story that led to its development and uh, the impact that it's having on the community. We heard from our first two guests at the top of the episode with their thoughts on what the facility would say. Andy Warlick is the chairman and CEO of Parkdale Mills in Gastonia, which is a world leader in yarn manufacturing and fiber technology. He's also a board member at the Warlick Family YMCA, where his family made the lead gift to help enable construction of the project. And Tomas Eleason, 
is a design partner at Little. And while he now has a national role across the firm, his primary emphasis has been on projects in our community practice appropriate for our discussion today. Andy and Tomas, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. We're, we're happy to have you and excited to talk to you. Andy, to provide some context, tell us about how Gastonia was faring as the country was working its way out of the Great Recession seven or eight years ago. Well, if we go back and we look at that time, uh, we weren't doing real well. We were struggling as a community. Uh, we were, particularly after the recession, uh, we'd lost a lot of industry, but we also had, uh, you know, a mindset that had started develop to develop. And that mindset was, we can't do something. We can't do this. We can't do that. We, we, we couldn't come up with a hospital slogan for our hospital without, you know, having a controversy. We couldn't get our downtown area of Gastonia uh, uh, redeveloped. Uh, we couldn't attract outside corporations uh, to come and relocate to Gastonia. We had already lost some industry. And we go back and we look at that period of time. A lot of our charities in town were struggling. And a lot, uh, the YMCA was struggling, actually, the Gastonia YMCA that I grew up going to was, was essentially going broke. Uh, in some ways, you could say that the sword of Damocles was hanging over our town and our county. We needed something uh, back in that time to rally around. We needed something to be proud of here, and we desperately needed something that in some ways was better than anything anybody else had, particularly what they had in Charlotte, just across the river. Charlotte uh, always has kind of viewed Gastonia as this backwoods hamlet that kind of sat outside of the castle. Andy, I can assure you that everyone in Charlotte doesn't view Gastonia as a backwoods hamlet sitting outside the castle. Among other things, the city has a rich history in textile manufacturing, one which your company is not only continuing, but advancing the industry through the innovations that you're making. But we do understand that in general, times were very hard and you felt a need to get involved in a meaningful way to kickstart some positive momentum. Tell us about that. That call to arms here, or a calling came on December the 7th, 2013, as I was on my way to work. Uh, in front of what is now our new YMCA, you get a little message flies in your window and you get told you need to build a Y. And I thought, you know, it had to be real because I wasn't really involved at that time with the Y. It was we had we were struggling uh it felt like it was uh not up to date it was not modern it was you know uh, and not a nice place to go i uh, came in the office after that feeling i got and i called my good friend gene matthews and uh within five minutes he was in my office and we were talking about building a new Y, and he had already kind of gotten that calling as well, but he got it about six months before I got it and I didn't know it. And he put blueprints out on my desk to show me 
that we could build a Y uh, and, and renovate buildings in what is now the old orthopedic hospital site. And we got to talking and I said, you know, there's a better site than that. And that's the old Robin Wood Swim Club. And he said, my gosh, that's the best site around because we've got 130 some acres. We got a 34 acre lake. Uh, that's the best site anywhere. It's in the middle of town. But we don't we didn't know whether we could get it. So we got started and uh, started talking about uh, building a new Y. And uh, before we left the room that day, we had already raised half the money. We continued to raise money and we ended up raising more money in Gaston County uh, in the history of any uh, project ever done here. Any, any, we raised more money than any two projects that had ever been built here. That's great, Andy. Talk a little bit about, you know, I, I guess I hear so often about communities that are in a bit of the same situation, right? They're in despair and they have great ideas and then they hit that fundraising piece. And that's not always easy. Can you talk a little bit about how, I mean, obviously you did it and you did it well and it sounded like a lot of folks were invested in it, but talk us through exactly what that fundraising process looked like. Well, like I said, we, we came up with a budget initially uh, of, of $16 million. And, and, and of course, when we started thinking about the design uh, of the building, we wanted it to, to look nice. We wanted it to be better than uh, what anybody else had. We could have built this Y for $16 million, and it would have been a traditional Y. It would have looked like what you have in Charlotte. It would have looked like what you have in Greensboro. We visited a lot of Ys around the country, but we knew we had to have a place for people to go. You know, if you thought of you know, Gastonia just didn't have the opportunities that Charlotte and other cities had on, a, you know, places to go on a Saturday afternoon or places to be. So we started with the mindset that folks, we're not just building a Y, we're building what essentially can also be uh, a community center uh, for people of all ages, uh, from kids to seniors. And so the design of the building really kind of supported our motto. And we came up with a motto uh, that said, it's our place, it's my place, and it's your place, and it's going to be great. And people rallied around that with the fundraising. It helps, it helps when you sit down with two people and you've already raised half of the money. And, uh, and so uh, that's a great way to get started. That is a great way to get started. And I think I've heard a story that uh, kind of the core team, uh, you were all old football buddies. Is that, is that right? We were, we were all classmates and uh, played on the football team uh, together. Uh, Gene Matthews was a wide receiver. Richard Rankin was the center, and I was the quarterback of that team. And you all used to go to Robinwood Lake, ironically. Is that we right? Did. We grew up here in town, and uh, we used to go swimming in that lake. Wow, were you and your buddies as good at football as you are at fundraising? You know, I don't, I don't know how to answer that question. I, uh, 
you know, I'm afraid if I said we were better at fundraising, I'd, I'd probably uh, have a lot more pressure on me right now to raise more money for something. But, uh, but we had a good time with this project and it was a project we, we all felt a calling for. And uh, there's a, uh, the address, if you look at the address, that this YMCA sits on, uh, the street number uh, for it is 501385. And nobody knew what that meant until a couple Can I of guess? Can I guess? Um, yes. That's your Jersey numbers. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> and 50 was Richard, he was the center. He hiked the ball to me and I was 13. And Gene was the end that I threw to, he was 85. And we consider this project our last touchdown. That's wonderful. That's awesome. Let's talk with Tomas a little bit. Um, Tomas, how did Little get involved in this project? Well, we, we were invited to submit an RFQ uh, response. Uh, we have experiences with YMCAs in the past and creating community solutions, uh, similar to the kinds of things that uh, Andy and his team were, were searching for. Uh, so we were invited to submit uh, a response. Uh, we uh, came into the uh, site to see the magnificent location where this building would be Placed and uh, we were able to quickly understand the, 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 the impact of this facility in the community. Uh, so we were very excited about being part of, uh, of proposing for this project. Tell us a little bit, Tomas. Obviously, we've talked about the kind of the amazing um, landscape around where this facility was going to be located. How did that lake and, and were there other um, things that came to mind to the team as they were formulating the design for this? Oh, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, in the words of Louis Kahn, one of the best architects of the 20th century, uh, you, you, it's, it's, you cannot create great architecture without a great client. And when you hear this story, uh, the background story from Andy and his, his, his friends and trying to give back to a place, uh, and the impact of that specific site to who they were and how they influenced their upbringing and uh, their futures, and that connection that they made in that lake, um, it, it became very obvious that um, for us, it became, it became about two words. Um, one about uh, creating a hearth, a hearth of community, a hearth of a place where people can linger longer, uh, where people can make connections uh, where people can can stay and, and it's, a, it's a whole family kind of place to be. And the second word was lake. I mean, it, it was just, it was uh, an unbelievable experience to be able to, to, to stand in this place and understand that anything we could do about this uh, building could be so connected to a lake experience. Uh, so, so different from every other YMCA out there. Uh, so hearth and lake became literally the diagram uh, of our project. And I would I would add with what Tomas said that that 
in working with the little team, they understood that it was important for community pride here that we, we had something that was better than what others had, that we felt like we deserved to have something nice here. And we could have, we could have, uh, like I said, built a standard YMCA for $16 million, but we ended up spending $22 million building a world-class facility that our community could be proud of. And, and quite frankly, uh, visitors from other cities could come in and go, wow, this is amazing. And, uh, and so little bought into that design. And, and as Tomas said, building the hearth room, if we would have taken uh, architectural uh, designs from uh, the National YMCA, they would have said, your community room only needs to be 500 square or, you know, a thousand square. Don't waste your money on that. Well, we had 3,500 square feet instead of, you know, 500 square feet because we wanted people to have a place to go and hang out, even if they weren't working out. And to follow up with Andy's uh, <laughs> comment here, um, you know, when, when they, they came up with that idea, because they had a kind of a preliminary, fairly rough idea of what the building could be, which is based on a typical MCA, and, uh, but yet they wanted to have this community space, this hearth, and uh, knowing that it would take a lot more space to achieve that feeling, that, that uh, the result, uh, we were able to um, um, optimize uh, the idea. So by reducing 16% of the, of the building's kind of preliminary idea, we were able to make it a very simple building, a very simple circulation spine with the hearth being exactly in the middle of the building where you come into it and from there you are connected to literally almost every single room uh, and space in, in the YMCA. So uh, it was about generating not just, uh, uh, this, this YMCA wasn't just about generating uh, physical wellness, but it was about creating social wellness and uh, mental wellness. And uh, when you are in this hearth, uh, you can see to multi-generational space, you can see in seniors, you can see into uh, daycare and very young kids space, you can see into teenagers playing basketball you can see into kids and families swimming in the pool. You can look up and look into the second level and see adults uh, doing all kinds of cardio and fitness. So from that one space, you are connected to literally almost everywhere uh, in the building through transparency. You're not only connected to everything inside, but you're also connected to the lake outside. Is that right? Exactly, exactly. So. You know, the way that the, the building was conceptualized and the way we presented it during the interview time uh, was to have this, this place where anywhere you are in this building or almost anywhere, you have a strong visibility to the lake. Have that moment of peace and kind of biophilia um, anywhere you're in the building. So, for example, you're in a cooking class, you got windows behind you looking at the lake. If you're in the hearth, you have a fireplace, but you also have the lake. If you're in the pool, uh, your kids are training in the pool, you see the lake. Uh, if you're upstairs in the running track, uh, work, uh, working out, lifting weights, uh, you see the lake. Uh, if you are in the yoga class, uh, you, you look at the lake through a window. So it's kind of this kind of peaceful experience. So 
we were trying to find all those moments where the lake was kind of in your face every single time and there were no better places and worse places but every place had a kind of a, a front row and that's not even counting with all the exterior kind of uh, side improvements uh, from volleyball courts to a deck to the kind of kayaking canoeing uh, boating kind of uh, facilities that are literally right on the shore of the lake uh, so Tomas, it sounds like having a client with such a strong vision really did enable a richer working relationship and a stronger outcome. Absolutely. Um, again, I think, I think you need a fantastic client to make a fantastic building. And here the vision was so powerful. Uh, and kind of working through ideas with, with Andy and his team, um, it, be very, it became very clear that this was a very, very, very special place. And uh, a place where communities are made, where connections are made, uh, where the place provides a solution for a whole community. Parents can be working uh, through the kind of the kind of the, the, the areas with Wi-Fi and soft sitting and hard sitting while their kids are working out. Uh, meanwhile, while they're working out, the kids can be uh, playing basketball on the courts. Uh, so it's it's a it's a family solution uh, where we need family solutions in our communities. It's a great example of that. This project really became the cornerstone for a city on the rise. Can you tell us about some of the momentum that followed this project? You see today the progress that Gaston County is making. We've started, after this project started, we started a GO campaign. Our downtown area is being redeveloped. Our West Gastonia area is being redeveloped. Belmont is redeveloping. And there's a lot of positive activity and people here are proud of what they contributed to. And, and most of the people that we called on that gave money for this project gave more money than they'd ever given for any project that they'd ever given to. So very, very proud of what the community helped build here and the community is very proud of this project. When you hear your economic development people tell you that we've got visitors coming into town and the first stop on the tour of the county is going to be the YMCA. Uh, I've always said this, and it's so true about if you had to parachute into a town and you were given five minutes to decide whether you wanted to live there, what would you do to decide whether that community was livable? And five minutes is all you have. You know, first thing I would do is I would walk down their main street to see how vibrant the main street was. Second thing I would do, I'd go to the YMCA and I'd walk in, walk in and I'd see what they had to offer. And I might look at the donor wall to see the type of involvement. And if you gave me only those two things in five minutes, I could probably do a pretty good job of picking someplace to live. And I bet it would be Gastonia. Well, I hope so. <laughs> We're going to take a little break right now, but we'll be right back with our next guests. At Ortho Carolina, personalized orthopedic care goes beyond my appointment. Accessible, comprehensive, and compassionate. It's my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. Get ready. 
Broadway is returning to Charlotte. Blumenthal Performing Arts has an incredible selection of upcoming hits, including the returns of Hamilton and Wicked, plus the long-awaited Charlotte debut of Disney's Frozen and many more fan-favorite musicals and plays. Season tickets are on sale now at BlumenthalArts.org slash Broadway. Wash your hands, avoid sick people, and touching your face. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care begins with the click of a mouse because online scheduling saves me time. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. If the Warlick Family YMCA could talk, it would say, Gaston County, all of this belongs to you. All are welcome. Jump in the pool, walk the trails, teach your kids to fish in the lake, or just grab a rocking chair, sit on the patio, and enjoy the view. The building would say, hold on, I, uh, I'm a little choked up right now. I've started thinking about all of the awesome things that I have observed in the past three years, and I'm having a little time, trouble talking. We just heard from our next guest. Michelle Bowers is the executive director of the Warlick Family YMCA, and Carolyn mm-hmm. DeWalt is a retired Gaston County educator and a Warlick Family YMCA enthusiast. Welcome to both of you. Thanks for joining. Let's start with you, Michelle. When did you become involved with this project? I became involved in this project in September 2017. Um, and began working and I guess trying to catch up with the work that had been done for several years and um, try to, you know, provide any insight or help to get us to the finish line. Um, But they have, they had done so much great work. And I would say one of the things that just hit me from the very beginning, because really a lot of my first exposure was with, you know, Andy Warlick and and the volunteers is that this project was truly a labor of love. And um, it was, it was so um, amazing and exciting to be a part of this project. I had been involved in a lot of projects in Charlotte. And the first impression I had was that these volunteers, they put their blood, sweat and tears into this. And they were so passionate and so Um, driven. Um, They put countless hours into it. So it made me want to work hard to make sure that for me, part of my goal was to fulfill what they had set out to do in this community um, and the sense of pride that they had uh, to build a beautiful why. As the why was gearing up, Michelle, gearing up to open, what all were you trying to put in place? Well, it was a lot because like Andy mentioned, you know, you were coming from two Ys that were, were kind of in bad shape. You know, they were old, they were run down and we were given kind of this blank canvas to kind of create um, like things that people maybe hadn't thought of or that we would have the opportunity to do. Um, Obviously having a lake and trails and um, a huge piece of property the ideas were endless. And, you know, you typically try to 
do some of the traditional things that wise do, which is make sure you've got a really good childcare center and uh, make sure your fitness center is working well. Um, you know, it was, it was a little overwhelming because there were so many opportunities. And yet when the doors opened, it was, it was like having a Black Friday sale. We were so busy and client, we, we really tried to play catch up. So we couldn't provide enough programs fast enough for the people that were coming in. But honestly, it was, it was, people would come in and they were just so happy to have a clean facility, to have a child watch that, you know, could look out and have sunlight and that um, our seniors could go out and sit in a lobby and look out at the lake. So, you know, we kind of got open and took our breath and, and then started working on our traditional Y programs and trying to utilize things like the lake. Can you talk a little bit more in detail about the programs? I mean, we've said that this has been kind of a place for, for babies all the way to, to seniors. And you've got the indoors and you've got the, the outdoors. Tell us a little bit about the programs that you feel like make sure. this such a special place. Well, one of the things that really, and it's, it's a pretty... Um, basic YMCA program, but for us, it was, it was so important and we had a great opportunity to make it fun was our childcare. They had had a really great insight to build this two-story adventure tower. And that was amazing. So kids that would come in would just look in awe. Cause as soon as you walked in, you could see it. And it was two stories. It was colorful. And so we wanted to make sure that that was, you know, fun for them. And we, had an outdoor playground that we connected to the childcare. So we wanted to make sure that was first and foremost executed the right way because we had people's most prized possessions and we wanted them to feel comfortable working out while they were with us. So that was the first thing. Um, our pool, our swim lessons, you know, we had this amazing pool and, um, you know, the pool was so insightful with how they thought about it, having two pools because you had the people that wanted to swim laps and then you had people that wanted to do water exercise and that had medical issues where they really have to be in warm water. And so we wanted to make sure we had a robust water exercise program and that we had great guards and instructors to teach kids to swim because that is a very traditional program that people depend on the Y to do. And so we were going to do it better than anybody else. And so that was a, a number one priority for us. Um, and as always, group exercise is queen of the world in YMCA's and it attracts it attracts the beginner, the senior, the athletic. And so we had, you know, three different spaces for them to use. And so we had the best instructors and we made sure our group exercise classes were very diverse. And, and honestly, we took advantage of the, the campus. So we would take our classes outside. We would bring our bikes out onto the patio and look at the lake and we would do yoga at the chapel. So we kind of had the opportunity to take kind of traditional Y programs, but use the unique features of the campus to take it to the next level. And very quickly, we started working on our camp and uh, the camp was, um, was a really amazing opportunity to develop because in the past, you know, the camp kids would come to the central Y or the south Y, and we would have to be very creative with how we would do it inside the four walls. And this, at this Y, we could bring our kids to an amazing pavilion. They could swim, fish, 
uh, kayak, canoe. We were connected to the trails. They could do the trails. They had a garden. We taught them archery. So it was like an experience that I feel like the kids probably never had the opportunity to do. And we were able to do it here. Carolyn, have you been a lifelong Y member? Oh, no. The, the first uh, 63 years of my life, I had never set foot in a YMCA. Didn't think I wanted to, to go to the Y, didn't see a need. I just did my own exercise and, you know, didn't, didn't think much about it. But then um, I think, I really think there was a God wink because um, I was diagnosed with cancer and almost immediately saw a posting for the Livestrong program at the Y for cancer survivors. And that has just started the ball rolling for me. Well, congratulations on being a, a cancer conqueror. We're glad you're here with us. <laughs> What activities were you initially involved with? And then how have you seen that change over the course of The uh, Livestrong program is a 12-week program where you come twice a week. And there's, there's the physical aspect, but there's also the mental and the social aspect where you're networking with other cancer survivors. And for, for anyone who has had cancer, that is key to recovery is being able to um, hang out with others who kind of understand, even if it's a different type of cancer. So I did that uh, for those three months, and then we were given the opportunity to join um, afterwards. And uh, I had just, it had become so much a part of my week um, that I wanted to just stay and hang out and find out what else they had to offer me. And um, I've come five days a week. It's just, it's important to me. And, and I also feel like um, cancer survivors need to take care of themselves because you don't know what lies ahead. And the stronger you are mentally, mental and physically, uh, the better chance you have to fight whatever comes your way. So, so that's key for me is staying healthy. What all do you participate in now? Well, the big one is pickleball. And uh, no, for, for those of you that uh, don't know what it is, we don't hit a pickle around. Uh, but it is kind of a, a, if you've ever played tennis, it's easy to pick up pickleball. Um, but we do play in the gym. And um, we, let's see, we can play four days a week. And I do that. But I also... Um, signed up with a personal trainer over a year ago and I can't seem to let her go. So, um, because I, it, it, I do things I would not do on my own. So she kind of forces me to do that. Um, I have taken a number of the classes and the, the interesting thing or the, a, a valuable thing about the classes is that you may think I can't do that but there are all levels in those classes. So you can do it. You just do it at your own level. Well, we've heard that you're the queen of pickleball. Is that true or false? Uh, well, it depends on what your definition of queen would be. Um, if you mean that she's always here playing, uh, that would be true. 
it does not necessarily mean that she's the best player. But uh, when I started, which was a little over two years ago, this the pickleball program was in its infancy and there were very few people. And I was, for a long time, I was the only woman in there. And, um, you know, when one would show up, she said, well, I figured if you could go come in here, I could come in here, you know. So other women joined. And now uh, if you don't, if you're not fast on the button to sign up for a class, you probably don't, you won't make it. Uh, it fills up fast. So, and it's uh, another interesting thing about pickleball is that uh, we've noticed that there are, no, a numerous, there are numerous nationalities that are represented with those who enjoy pickleball. And um, so we, en we enjoy that as well. Kelly, do you have any final thoughts about our conversation today? Well, first, before I go into my final thoughts, John, I think you and I have our, our um, next field trip that we need to make, which is to go see Carolyn play pickleball. I think so. <laughs> well, come on. <laughs> Maybe we get t-shirts printed and everything else. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's right. But John, you started this episode by defining community and, and what we just heard about the Warlick Family YMCA definitely embodies that definition. I think one of the greatest lessons we've learned during this pandemic is that a sense of community is paramount. We need it. And while most YMCAs, I think, are known for, for this, for that sense of community, this Y is special in that it was built during a time when Gastonia was hurting, both socially and economically. Andy talked about that. And this facility took the community, as Andy said, from a can't-do mentality to a can-do mentality. And that is something we don't often think about buildings being able to do. And I, to build on that a little bit, I, I also think it shows the importance of leadership in creating a vision for a community and gaining critical mass of followership to drive it to reality. It also shows a, the power of well-crafted architecture. The thoughtfulness of the design was a response to the vision and the results I believe are really quite extraordinary. Well, Kelly, if the Warlick family wide MCA could talk, what would it say? I think it would say whether you are here to nurture your soul through a dynamic workout or you're solving the world's problems over a cup of coffee while sitting by the hearth. I am your place, a place that cares about you and your community. And I think that it would sing some lyrics from an old song written by Maurice Williams and the Zodiacs and originally recorded in 1960. And later it became a, it became a number one hit and later it became a top 20 hit for several different groups. The Hollies, the Four Seasons and Jackson Brown all had top 20 hits from it. And then it gained further notoriety because it was, um, it was on the soundtrack for the movie Dirty Dancing. 
And now it's getting ready to be the Commison hit. That now, now, now it's its next iteration. Tomas had talked about the concept to linger when he was talking about what the building would say. And so I want to build on that a little bit. I, I do believe that the building fully embraces this notion. So it would sing, stay just a little bit longer. Please, 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 please tell me that you're going to. Come on, come on, come on, stay. Come on, come on, come on, stay. Yeah. Kelly and I would like to thank our guests, Andy Warlick, Tomas Eliasson, Michelle Bowers, and Carolyn DeWalt, our sponsor, Ortho Carolina, Brian Baltasevich and his team at the Queen City Podcast Network, Andy Spain and Ryan Davis for post-production, and Heather McQuilkin, our chief of staff at Little, who expertly corrals all the moving parts into this finished product. Subscribe to If Buildings Could Talk on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Thanks for listening, and we we'll look forward to having you join us for the next episode.